There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Go. Oh, my bad. Hello. Hello. And welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, what is up? How are you? No yelling. Calm down. <laughs> you always tell me not to yell. I'm not yelling. I'm just talking with uh, with Gusto. Okie dokie. Well, <laughs> I'm excited. What Are you not excited to be here? I'm excited. I just don't want to peek out the microphone. Goodness gracious. Well, hello, everybody. We are here to recap season 10 episode four four and what is what is it called warf in pieces warf in yeah. pieces so hello everybody uh hi to our friends uh jumping into the chat today yes yes um yeah we are here to talk about warf in pieces so uh fun episode i don't think a lot was um like there wasn't a big progression of the main story i don't think you mean as far as like things getting done like they are building up to getting things done yeah i mean gary had a fantastic episode gary, i would G say gary did have a pretty and good episode and then uh we got the do do miss do miss do mass no do miss do miss swing and a miss yeah <laughs> do miss but they hit a home run and, well, they're, they're, kind of. They're going to hit a home they're run. They're going to hit a home run. They're preparing for it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And they're, yeah. They're, I wish they were more excited. Maybe as excited as you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, when we when we enter the show, mm -hmm. like, it's actually, we see Dumas coming across the causeway. Mm -hmm. And they're about to go get set up uh, near the money pit. Yes. And do their thing at the garden shop, right? I, and yeah. then, like, uh, we have Rick out there basically uh, chatting yeah, with yeah. the crew and saying, you know, this is what we hope to happen. Mm -hmm. This is what we expect from you. Yeah, yada, yada, right? Yeah. And he's like, hey, Scott, tell <laughs> them why. And Scott's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll tell you why we want to do this. You know, there's gold in the water samples, blah, blah, blah. So we started that last year. And, well... They're just, they don't react at all. Yeah. They were, they're all like, cool. Yeah, DJ had a problem with their lack of enthusiasm. But, I mean, <laughs> lack of any emotion. Like, emotional. They weren't <laughs> mad to be here. They weren't happy. They weren't sad. They were like, cool. I'm going to do my job. It feels like there are a lot of very, I bet you there are a lot of mathy, this is like a generalization here, which I don't like to do. But they feel, it feels to me that they're more worried about doing the task at hand than finding what's at the end of the shaft. That's it. And you know what that is? What? Not cool. Cool. Yeah, well, it's fine. Hey, they, they can be excited I bet you in their they get way. excited later. They're like building up to it. They definitely, so when they gave us the presentation, was it like last episode or the episode before? It was last episode. Yeah. And... They were very professional, like super professional. But they, I, I would say they probably didn't have a partnership already with the Laginas coming into it, right? So they didn't have that camaraderie, if you will. If they're back next year, I bet you there'll be lots of puns and laughter for them to fall back on. 
Yeah, kind of like how, you know, Rock, mm -hmm. ROC shows up and, you know, like, uh, I remember when we talked to Vanessa, when we mm -hmm. did an interview with her, she was like, not expecting to be on TV or anything. She was just showing up to, you know, get the work done, right? She showed up, like, no makeup. She's like, I'm, and she felt gross. She's like, what do you mean you want me in front of the camera? And she like ran away and hid and wanted their big case on. <laughs> That's right. And she was like, eh. But also, she turned them down for years. No, oh, did she? Yeah, that she said that in the interview that I yeah forgot. they kept they're like hey you know and we need your equipment blah 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 and the, she's like okay I'm not getting wrapped up into this big thing and like having hopes and dreams of employees or whatever hinging on this TV show and then it doesn't happen and then she finally says yes because one someone she knew mm -hmm. it, within the industry that had happened to be working out there called her and was like vanessa like they really need you this is like this is the real deal they're not a joke and she's like really <laughs> oh okay and i think then they i don't remember she said she called them back like two years later or uh, the other way around she was like uh, okay so she's already said no to them multiple times who says no to a lagina vanessa yeah yeah she does guess so until you know so when she felt credible and trusted within the industry came back mm -hmm. so i don't know that says something that is all no, that is all <laughs> that is so, me just fangirling no well, big deal basically, basically i was just saying like when rock first showed up they were kind of all business yeah, right? of course. And you're you're still all business when you come back, but you do have the camaraderie of being, you know, basically a. Uh, uh, I said summer camp. Oh, well, you you, you come back work. and you get to be like an honorary member of the Fellowship of the Dig. Exactly. So, very cool. Mary in the chat says all business. That's yep. what Dumas was all yep, business. They That's were right. Business. So there you go. Well, I guess we should kind of build on that. Right. I mean, yeah. we kind of go from place to place on this podcast. So we've already got the fact that they came across the causeway and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about, uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. That's still Dumas introduction. Yeah. So we let's were introduced there. to a few of the representatives from Dumas, mm -hmm. Daniel McKenzie and Al Couture. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I believe it was Al that said, they're going to put a cap on like, cause Rick asked them like, how are you going to do this? What's the plan? Mm -hmm. And Al, I believe it's Al. It might've been Daniel. Don't know. Sorry. Uh, um, they're new. We're getting yeah, uh, But it says they're going to put a cap on the top to start. And then uh, from the top down, they can start moving the dirt and rehabbing the shaft, making it safer for everybody. Mm -hmm. This is likely what they're talking about with putting the, the grout they're like injecting it into the ground around the shaft to help sa stabilize it, help keep water out, all that good stuff. And later in the episode, we see them pumping out the shaft. Yeah. Well, when they say for everybody, I think uh, there's a little twinkle in Rick Lagina's eye because he's like, he realizes, Oh, I'm part of everybody. I'm part of everybody. <laughs> yeah. So Clotworthy explains, uh, you know, what they'll do mm -hmm. and it'll take about two months for Dumas to get to uh, basically the bottom of, the planned excavation, mm -hmm. any of the side uh, exploration, the side tangents, they don't know what's happening yet. So mm -hmm. play it by ear. Well, and that's getting to the bottom of what they believe that the shaft 
is, which is what's like 77.5 feet approximately. That's pretty um, accurate. Mm -hmm. But also that's two months. But as they pointed out at any point, so pre the depth, we could go off in any direction. Mm -hmm. So 10 feet down, they take a hard left. You never know. Okay, hope, probably not 10 feet down, 10 feet. but 90 feet. That's where we were getting hits on other well, stuff. Then they would have to go past the bottom of that shaft. Oh, duh. Ah, that'd be more than two months. <laughs> we'll see when we get there, right? Yeah. Okay. Don't get don't get it too excited, but get very excited. because I'm going to get excited for Dumas. No, I'm going to get excited for Rick when he gets to go down the hole because he, he is itching to get down there. Mass. Do miss. Do miss. Oh, my gosh. Do miss the target. Okay. Rick tells the Dumas representatives that uh, they're the eyes and boots component mm -hmm. on this potentially history-making agenda. Dun, dun, dun. Get us down there, figure it out what it is, and you guys will be the company that makes this happen. Like, he is he, – he feels really good about it. He's putting a lot on their shoulders, though, at the same time. But they're literally going to get down, like – in ways that no one else has. Mm -hmm. They're going to make a safe tunnel, basically, safe shaft for them to get down and get around down there. Mm -hmm. This is eyes and boots below the ground. Bum, bum, bum. You know, this, this is going to remain open, and I bet you they're going to uh, do special tours to take you to the bottom of the money pit. Mm -hmm. I bet it's going to be a I thing. Have, I have no doubt. They're reinforcing this thing so that, it, like, I, I think in the last episode they said for years to come, like, mm -hmm. It's going to be like a thing that's just like a, yeah. a part of the tour. I get a feeling that, you know, the other mines that they have done haven't just collapsed in on themselves later. So, you know, I feel secure knowing that it is them, a professional, making <laughs> this happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I got a phone call and I had to say... Sorry, bro. I'll call no. you back later. It was actually my brother-in-law. All right. Um, so, yeah. So there was a side interview with Marty. Mm -hmm. It was says, your brother-in-law. You mean my brother? No. Jason. Oh, I was going to. I was like, why is Don calling you? No. Got it. Different brother-in-law. Different side of the family. How about that? All right. In a side interview, Marty says that there's a high concentration of gold in the garden shaft. And they may be, that might be where the treasure actually is. And just so funny to hear him say that because they'd always been ignoring this, even though it's like literally a big, no. you know, hole in the ground, a big like, hey, look here. You know, like they, there's an arrow pointing at this spot for like years. No, it started with Dan Hensky pointing at the spot. And they're like, yeah, it's, you know, probably from like the 1800s. And you know, it's probably pre-searcher, I mean, not pre-searcher. And we've written it off so much. We're just going to build up the area around it into this beautiful garden area because there's no way we're going to end up disturbing such a thing. Yeah, that's not the way it plays out, is it? <laughs> nope. Yeah. All right, so Alcator... Uh, uh, I was going to say Eagle Canada. Alcator <laughs> sounds very important. Of um, Dumas. Mm -hmm. uh, reply that they're eager to get down there and they're eager to get their hands dirty. Rick. Whoa. You all right there? <laughs> Why 
Why are you so yelly? Oh man, I nailed you. You're like, wow. She like totally spazzed out for podcast only listeners. Oh my gosh, that was great. Rick <laughs> says he's looking forward to getting started. And if they ever need an extra hand, <laughs> then he's in. He, he raises and by up. that he means let me help you. He wants he's begging them. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah, his arm goes up literally, and they all laugh. Um, but he thanks them very much, and he finishes saying, "Let's get to the bottom of this." <laughs> to the bottom of the shaft, or, and I think it's funny because Clawworthy calls it the alleged garden shaft. Alleged, like mm. oh, no, he calls it the so-called garden shaft. So-called. So apparently, I'm guessing he liked calling it shaft twelve better, but mm. or has another term for it. Gotcha. All right. So now do we want to talk about Gary uh, metal detecting with Jack or do we want to talk about what the brief it's, it would be very brief if we talked about what happened at the money pit. I was going to say, isn't that most of the money pit? Cause what I'm seeing is then the next thing happens is Billy shows up to help him by putting a big hose in the ground and pumps out water. We're like, yay. Just like it happened in the swamp. Yeah, but we also have uh, sonic drilling happening. Yeah, that's true. Pit. We have a bit of that. So, so let's, let's talk about it. Get it. Let's get her done. Yeah. So we like the first time we see the money pit, where not not the Dumas area, not the garden shaft, but the drilling program. But approximately what sixty feet away? Probably pretty close. <laughs> well, we see Terry's operating table is set up, mm-hmm. and Rick arrives to get an update from Terry and Charles. Yep, so work is happening on borehole L16, mm-hmm. and we see Paul Troutman is collecting water data from the hole to help, and so is Alex Lagina. Good old Paul. Paul and Alex are that's at already, the water testing. You, you realize that's already the second Paul of the episode, because there was a Paul from Dumas named uh, Paul Cote. Okay, so that's third Paul. Yep. Is Dute. Because the first Paul would be... Or maybe it's Cote. It's C-O-T-E. Oh, Cote. Or, Co- or Cote. Cote. But, but, but it's, it's, it's Canadian, so it might be like a French. French accent on it or something. Yeah, possibly. Cote. Or just third Paul. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> um, first Paul is here. So first Paul and Alex are taking water samples. And did you notice they were not using plastic baggies to do it? <laughs> Mm-hmm. A little step up from Steve's technique. They were using Dr. Spooner's technique with the... Uh, with actual official vessels. Yes. <laughs> and it worked. It was great. Yes, it did. I feel better about those water samples. Good. All right. So uh, let me see. So Terry... Uh, oh, Alex Lagina was helping Paul, too. I, I said that like I missed it. Three times. All right. Mm-hmm. Terry uh, tells Rick that they found a piece of wood between the depths of 106 and 107 feet. Mm-hmm down in L16, and he thinks it could be another tunnel. And that brings a big smile to Sir Rick's face. He's all smiles because he knows they're working on the garden shaft. And, you know, they got a candidate for some uh, C14 testing. Booyah. All right. And uh, Rick is excited because this is a mostly unexplored area of the money pit to be finding material such as this. Um the wood, you know, it's, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. it's prime candidate for testing. And so they're going to make sure to ship that out. Mm-hmm. All right. And then um, I think it was Rick saying, you know, there was water sampling, gold monitoring, and C4 testing. Eventually they're going to figure out uh, this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Terry replies, 
well, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's really it for the money pit this episode, right? No, there is one more um, scene at the money pit, and it's where Terry, you know, standing at the table again. Yep. With uh, uh, yeah. Charles and Paul, and the big three come around the corner or get out uh, of the car. Yes, yes, yes. And they approach the table. And so uh, Choice on a Drilling had begun a new borehole at this point called D-17 mm-hmm. in the hopes of continuing of tracking the path to the tunnel from uh, borehole L-16. L-16. Yeah. So many so many letters and so many numbers. I know. And anytime I hear like L or T in a borehole, I think of like vertebrae. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, wow, that's a long if it's your L-16. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be a di- like a dinosaur's red way, sure. Uh, not quite, <laughs> but still. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, Terry shows them a chunk of wood that they found uh, between seventy and seventy-one and a half feet uh, from D seventeen, mm-hmm. and um, Charles noted that it was odd to find it in at such a shallow depth. And I concur, Charles. I concur. And Marty likes the idea. Yeah, it was just something that they weren't expecting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry thinks that they've hit the hidden edge mm-hmm. that, or and broken up a beam. And below the 68 to 72 foot range, it goes back into very soft material. And he believes they're inside of another tunnel or continuation. Dun, dun, dun. Insert dramatic groundhog mean is it a groundhog i think it's a groundhog yeah it's like yeah and then zooms in on his zooms face. in his face yep like, mm-hmm. there you go if that looked like a perfect reenact <laughs> sorry for the podcast only listeners i i kind of jumped toward the camera a little bit and made the face all right um Oh, crud. You, you continue please what okay yeah uh rick says uh this might be a completely unknown tunnel since, you know, as he said earlier, we're in a mostly unexplored area. And Terry agrees. He says it's a good indication they've got something going on in the area. So everybody's agreeing, okay? And that this presents, well, Rick goes on to say that this presents another opportunity because if they find a tunnel and get a bearing off of it, and it goes uphill, that gives them the opportunity to run a series of sonic drill holes, right? Let's keep Sonic busy while they're here. It not everything is happening in the garden shaft. Yeah, no. They there's other things to find. Might as well have them explore. Keep keep exploring, guys. Exactly. All right, Marty, you know, he goes into his uh his pet project here, his his, his preferred long- idea. Yes, that he gave us the drawn-out example last yeah. year. He goes to say, if you find a tunnel and it goes uphill, it almost has to be an offset chamber. And he asks um, that there's no other point of having an upward-facing tunnel, right? So let's follow it. But what if it's a downward-facing tunnel? Well, See, it, because it, you don't know the point of origin. Yeah. I, Sorry, Marty, I challenge you. Well, it, it's, it's what you always say. Uh, like about confirmation bias mm-hmm. right so like he is just so convinced he's right I, i've met a lot of treasure hunters that are just like that and just people in general yeah right we want yeah, our true. ideas to check out and you're looking for things to prove your you're, the, you're right right this happens with 
theorists, not, I'm not saying this happens to all theorists or researchers, but often we're looking for things that are going to prove us right versus what I like to do. And Dustin can find quite annoying because I always play the other side is finding ways that you can be proven wrong. Like you got to find the opposite side of the coin. It keeps from being able to poke holes into your theories and opinions. Yeah, well, you're a real jerk when you poke holes in my theories. Like, I have good theories. Because you've been looking for confirmation bias. And then if I can't poke the hole in it, then I'm like, oh, that is good. But I'm going to be critical up front. I'm a critical thinker, yo. Well, most of my stuff you can't poke holes in. Yes, I can. I do it all the time. I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So in a side interview, let's go back to the Oak Island. Okay? Yeah. Is it uphill or downhill? Well, Marty uh, says that they're finding unknown constructions and the most exciting construction to find would be an offset chamber mm-hmm. that holds the treasure. Well, that uh, would be very exciting because treasure might hey, still do, be intact. Like I do not blame uh, Marty for being so gung ho about uh, his yeah, offset chamber ideas. I mean, it's a great idea. Is it's funny that he's just so convinced. It seems like he's so convinced that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, at least yeah. that's what we see portrayed, right? Exactly. So, okay, maybe. Yep. Uh, Rick notes that they, uh, when they get to the uh, bottom of the garden shaft, mm-hmm. uh, they can do vertical and horizontal probing. And if they find more of this pointing to the old whip of the table uh, at the bottom of the shaft, as they probe out, there might be a way to tunnel to it and find out what it is. In and theory, yes. These are all very exciting possibilities, and they're super stoked about it. Mm-hmm. it. It's exciting to wonder what could or couldn't be. I mean, you have to have those ideas and keep them in mind in your search. So I always say, I think the way to find this is on, the only way will be reverse engineering, and then we can figure out the why after. Yep. After you've got to the how. And hopefully by then they figured out the who and the what. Maybe. And but the, if we can figure the out the how. We, we really want the where. Well, if we figure <laughs> out the how, we can find the where, and then we can get even further into the and history. Then we, and, and then we can get the what? And the who. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Uh, Terry bags and tags the samples from D17 and says they're going out for C14 testing. (laughs) Ziploc plastic bag makes sense in this instance. Yep, for sure. Good job. All right, so we go in metal detecting or we go into a LiDAR uh, review? Let's go LiDAR review because it does kind of link back into the metal detecting. Sure. Okay. All right, so LiDAR, yeah, that's right. LiDAR review is a war room meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Helmed up by Rick, uh, Jack, Gary, Scott, Peter, Steve, Ian Spooner, and Laird all around the war room table. Exactly. Uh, Laird asked Dr. Spooner to take a look at that new uh, LiDAR data. Mm -hmm. And there was a flashback of the LiDAR, you know. When um, they did the scanning. Yeah, the survey. Mm -hmm. All right. And so. Phoenix Aerial? Yeah. Technologies? It was Phoenix something. I couldn't remember, so I didn't write it down. Phoenix. It was a Phoenix. Fly. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, Spooner says he was immediately interested in lot 30 when he saw the LIDAR data. And Steve then pulls up a map with mm-hmm. uh, the LIDAR scan. Mm-hmm. And they zoom into lot 30. 
there seems to be an anomaly on lot 30 with um it, it looks contained di- within lot 30 lot. yeah it looks different than most of the other areas around it and it has like a few squiggly lines but it's kind of really defined in a box it is and is it really that they found that with the okay LIDAR has been done across Nova Scotia. You can find it, download it, process it, and sort through it yourself. I'm just curious if really it was using new LIDAR data or was it that it was actually looked further into and processed in a different way. So yeah, I will be going back into the LIDAR data myself and seeing if I can make this square object appear in lot 30. Oh no. Just a thought. All all she's saying is she doesn't believe you, Steve. Well, I may not necessarily believe that or I just don't know if it means that they didn't process LIDAR data from that was already available in that area in that way or if it was indeed something because of the new technology. I don't know. Not that they have to tell me, like, I am, I'm a nobody. So You're somebody to me. <laughs> I'm just curious if it was something that could have been found in the processing of the old data. That is all. You're such a somebody that I wrote a poem about you today. You did not write a poem. Do you want to hear it? I've read it. I've heard it. <laughs> So for those of you that saw Dustin's post on Facebook earlier, that mm-hmm. poem, so kind. And I like had to, when I was reading it, I was, I knew it wasn't him that actually wrote it, even though he said he did. I was waiting <laughs> for like the punchline at the bottom to be like, and yet she fell down the stairs and all her powers were taken away and blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm going to read it. it. It was done by artificial intelligence, and then he posted it on the internet with a picture so that he could claim credit as this wonderful, like, romantic poem writer. Hey, you know what? I I posted uh, in the in the comments that it was made by artificial intelligence. Yeah, right? after the fact. Well, I wanted I wanted people to pat me on the back first. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right, an ode to Deidre. Deidre, oh Deidre. With power in her hands, a force to be reckoned with, she makes her demands. Mm-hmm. Her strength and determination, unshakable and true, she conquers all obstacles with a will that is fierce and anew. Except for stairs. With her sharp mind and quick wit, she cuts through the noise. Her confidence and poise, commanding and poised. She fearlessly faces the world with courage in her heart. A powerful woman. Deidre sets the bar high, right from the start. She is a leader, a trailblazer, a force to be admired. With her fierce spirit and unwavering desire, she stands tall and proud, never backing down. Deidre, oh Deidre, a powerful woman, truly profound. That's it. Yeah, as I was reading it, I was actually <laughs> laughing a little because I knew there was no way he had written this. Okay, so and I, I was waiting for the punchline at the end. Last week there was a new um like okay, so OpenAI is like some Silicon Valley tech startup that mm-hmm. uh or like that started a few years ago, but like they 
they're about artificial intelligence and they made this chat bot where you can literally just type whatever you want into it and it spits out a story or a song or a poem or, or whatever. And so I literally um, typed in, write me, a, write a poem about a powerful woman named Deidre. And that's what it spit out to me in like five seconds. It was, it was, it was and awesome. And then he sent me a text <laughs> that said, I wrote a poem for you. I, and I was just like, oh, great. This is going to be something ridiculous. And then he sends me that. I'm like, something is afoot here. There is no way you wrote this poem. And then he walks through the door. And I'm just kind of <laughs> like, uh, okay. And he's like, don't worry. It was artificial intelligence. I plugged it into a random generator. And it spit this out. Well, I also typed into the uh, AI, uh, write, write a story about Deidre joining the Fellowship of the Dig and finding the Oak Island treasure. And it wrote me like this little short story. I mean, I could read that, but maybe we'll save that for, um, I mean, we should save it for pregame for pregame tomorrow. So that's an incentive to come check us out tomorrow for Oak Island pregame, um, on, uh, Tuesday at 5 PM Pacific, 8 PM Eastern over on facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast or youtube.com slash Oak Island podcast. So correct. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Right. So where did that like, (laughs) come from i don't know what the the app well the you're game? talking about the app because we were talking about oak island yeah Back to- whoa, whoa, whoa whoa you need to calm down over there okay but I, hey one quick second i also asked it to write a mm-hmm. poem about um brothers rick and marty uh how did i word it i didn't say anything about treasure i didn't say i just said um write a story um for Rick and his brother Marty, or no, write a poem about Rick and his brother Marty. Okay. Yeah, but you said like treasure. Hunter. I did not say anything about a treasure hunt when I asked it to. Oh. And this okay. is what it's Google. this is what it spit out. It said Rick and Marty, brothers two, bound by blood and love so true. They may bicker and they may fight, but they always stand up for what's right. With Marty the smart and Rick the brave, they make a team that few can outplay. Their bond is so strong and their hearts are pure. They'll face any challenge, that's for sure. Together, they roam the land in search of treasure and adventure grand. They'll dig and delve and explore, uncovering secrets that have been ignored. Their friendship is a shining light, guiding them through the darkest night. Rick and Marty side by side, seeking truth far and wide. And that one was actually written probably about 95% by the website because Deidre uh, fixed it because there was a there was like there, one there hiccup. was one line and yeah. we fixed it together because teamwork makes the dream work and um yeah, yeah that is all yeah so anyway we thought that was fun <laughs> can we get back I've to a... why people are actually here oh they love all Oak Island stuff come on <laughs> it was fun I had a lot of fun doing that today. I, just, I kept, I kept asking all sorts of things, and uh, like I, I even did one about Deidre falling down the stairs. It was hilarious. Okay, all right, we ready? Where, where are we at? So lidar, lidar. we were talking about lidar, <laughs> and I was talking about how I wanted to know if this could have been found with the previous, whatever uh, lidar, and or if it actually was the difference in technology or whatever that Phoenix had brought. I understand technology advances, but still you're getting readings back based off of, you know, density of the material that it's bouncing off of, whether it be vegetation or whatever. 
I know they've done a lot of clearing of vegetation, which maybe would yield back better results. But anyways, I just want to know if they could have saved themselves some money in the budget by just comparing the other data. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's anyway, lot 30. Grant over on Facebook asks, have we ever interviewed the Laginas? We have not. But one time, Marty called our um, Oak Island hotline that we don't he have did. set up anymore, and he left us a voicemail, and it was really him. And it, it was. was. It, it was pretty cool. I'll never forget that. We're, I'm like, what do you mean we have a miss from Mish? What? It, like a miss call, and we're like, no. I'm, we're in the middle of dinner, and Dustin is checking the voicemail, and I was like, no. This is, this is actually Marty. What? Yeah, and then one of our friends, Jeff, like did a parody uh, uh, voicemail right afterward because we had played it on our Oak Island pregame, I think. Yeah. And then Jeff's like, "Oh hi, um, you know, he's like, he's like acting like he's Marty. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Keep rooting for me. Keep yeah. rooting for me, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. So okay, let's, lot let's go thirty. Back. Uh, Steve, Steve pulls up the map, zooms into lot thirty. The mm-hmm. anomaly seems to be contained within lot thirty, and Steve says it's about a hundred feet by one hundred and fifty feet long. And Spooner says he's pretty excited about it. It's geometric and not a natural feature. And the real question is, what is it? And we can all see that it's got, you know, nice square edges. And it they've had a lot of finds there, as Gary ends up bringing up. Yeah, it's just weird that, like, it literally fits inside the boundaries of Lot 30. Very nicely, as if it was from when someone owned lot 30 it looks like lot 30 30 was already established before this thing was whatever it was Mm -hmm. yeah because we've seen other anomalies that show up and they do they don't necessarily fit right over the lot lines it could be a coincidence i mean that it fit right within the lot lines but we also see that you know, they either drift over them or whatever, yeah. right? So, Amisha wants you to bring back the sound bites. I'm trying, actually. Oh, yeah, girl. One day we'll bring I, them back. I've, I've got one from Gary this episode that's. Oh! What did he say? Oh, it's a screamer. It's a screamer. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's so good. That may or may not be found its way onto Oak Island trivia. Oh. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, side interview. Uh, Rick says the experts tell him to look for, tell them to look for rectangular features because Mother Nature does not do right angles very well. We know that. Uh, Rick tells the fellowship there's no reason not to check and see what it represents or what it could be. Uh, Laird nods vigorously and says, "Yeah, Scott agrees. Yeah." Well, if you got Scott's A-OK on it. And Blair's. That's all you need. I mean, because this could be an archaeological site, but we talked about how maybe not. Uh, Gary noted that the anomaly is kind of opposite of where the wharf from Lot 32 is, where he's found a wide variety of metal finds. And we know they've talked about potentially an encampment there. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. It's like where they found that bag seal and stuff uh as i look at the notes so dustin wrote these notes and apparently autocorrect got him here because 
<laughs> Here's what it says. Steed turns LIDAR off to display the different map noting finds on lot 29 through 32. So Steve is now Steed. <laughs> yeah. he, had, he had a horse on his trading card. That's true. He had a, he has a Steed. His horse's name is Steed. Yeah, it's so funny. Like we made these Oak Island trading cards for anybody that's new to us and don't know. Uh, and we have a trading card that Steve is dressed up as a knight mm -hmm. and he's a, the Royal cartographer mm -hmm. of Oak Island. And he's literally like wearing a suit of armor and he has glasses on <laughs> and he has very like, modern and medieval and he has a horse with armor on it's pretty Ooh, sweet so it's steven steed on his car steven steed but uh so steve <laughs> and speaking of steed we talked about it could be with the right angles and the size of it it being very specifically within lot 30 the sheer amount of ox shoes around there could it be a corral because when he turns on the find the map noting the different finds on lot 29 through 32 you can start reading through some of the finds we're like yeah this makes sense that it would be a whatever a pin pen whatever wharf pin yep that one yeah and then over in the little boxed area and you saw a lot of ox shoes yeah it, it like specifically shows let's see here i'm gonna look oh, for... she's bringing up the uh the screenshot itself so i can uh see so specifically within the lot 30 where they've got the rectangular feature marked out and i find it interesting there's been all these finds but nobody has actually found something that says a feature so an enclosure for animals makes sense but it says iron object tool question mark raffle pieces times two nail strap pin light bulb base chain link spike lead bullet ox shoe number 1026 let's just say there's i i get a feeling that they have found a lot of uh, shoes or it means season season 10 shoe 26. if i had to guess that might be it but if they found 1026 ox shoes then that's insane uh yeah leather spikes i mean like the things that they have found right near it ox shoe nail ox shoe small hinge button double-sided axe in the chat tom burns says mm -hmm. uh, they need to start looking for babies in there right okay. cabbage patch yo <laughs> cabbage patch <laughs> you are correct yeah um yeah i mean they're gonna find a partridge in a pear tree i'm sure too well yeah and then we're looking everything. at the map and you go over to where they found where they're saying is potentially that wharf off of lot 32 and they're talking about an encampment and where they have found lots of things it, it it makes just all the things that they have found there make sense so i'm going with the theory of what do i want to say a corral could be a pen. could it could it be it could could be. There's my theory. Now let's see if we can <clears throat> poke holes in it mm -hmm. and find things to prove it. That is all. Did you see Susan shared a link for the Nova Scotia LiDAR? Oh, scan? fantastic. Thank you, Susan. 
Yeah, and uh, I want to give a shout out to the Awoken one on YouTube a chat um, saying as exciting as season 10 is, mm -hmm. hope the Fellowship doesn't find the treasure this year because they want season 11. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if the Fellowship does find treasure, it be uh, the, the Awoken one at least on YouTube would be happy if it got reburied elsewhere on the island so they get a few more seasons out mm -hmm. of the show. <laughs> I don't know how, if everybody would be up for that, but yeah, that's like funny. You can tell that they've done water samples on lot 30. Mm. And oh my gosh. Man, she is uh, really enamored by that uh, map right yes, now. Yes, I have she's an a obsession. map. She's a map person. I'm a visual person. So, yeah. of course, I love maps. Yep. Okay, I guess we should uh, carry on horseshoe. I wonder if when they found that, it was a lucky day. Well, did they find treasure? It wasn't lucky enough then. All right, so, um, yeah, Jack says that this location is probably associated with a camp, and, uh, you know, that could be associated with the wharf itself. Mm -hmm. And um, Rick says that could be a possibility. Uh, Gary said that it makes sense to be a campsite due to the amount of things they found over the years, and they've got to uh, find out when they were using this area. And Laird says, yep. 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 Jack um, says that they're probably the first people to find and acknowledge this anomaly. And uh, Rick says, well, the surprises are bound. It is Oak Island, after all, right? Mm-hmm. And whoever built it there probably found it, too. But Yeah. Yeah, well, whoever built it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they originally discovered it then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. Sure. All right, Rick says that they've uh, talked about um, – everything they've talked about indicates that the area should have an explanation for it that we can all agree Rick asks Laird how they go about investigating this feature, and Laird wants to come in and do um, a small test trench mm -hmm. uh, dig um, by hand across one of the intersections, take their time, and make sure that all the bases are covered. So. Yeah, and we get this animation of this clearing, <laughs> and there's a lot of test pits. <laughs> a lot of square test pits. There is. Dug by men. Dug by and by hand and, and by know. Helen. It seems like it seems like they need a, a Miriam and a Liz and an Aaron Taylor. It seems like they need to bring in reinforcements. Get the team back together, right? Yeah, because with their powers combined. Okay, then we move on to lot thirty. Which yeah, actually take the war room outside. <laughs> yep, let's like go out into the field. Rick, Laird, and Helen uh, begin their test pits on lot thirty. Mm -hmm. Rick asks what would be better to find pottery or glass and Helen says pottery because you can't get you can get a better date off of it. Mm -hmm. And I was I was yeah. thinking to myself when she said that I'm like, "Oh yeah, cuz you don't want like uh or you don't want to do this anymore. You want to have an all stop. <laughs> There's too many don't, test pits to dig." <laughs> don't. Uh but she has a good point cuz she explains that pottery would have changed in its process and its designs over the years but like more frequently. So you could better date pottery than you could glass. Mm -hmm. So, Yep, for sure. And then um, Clotworthy explains that the team will do a series of test pits and mm -hmm. like Deidre mentioned. In a side interview, Rick says that he wants to define the structure and find any relevant artifacts left behind. So then we get into some metal detecting. Yes, so we're hopping over a lot. Well, two lots, I guess, to lot 32. 
which is right at the corner of the swamp. We got a ninja and his helper. Yep, a ninja and his helper. A ninja and his lucky digger. That's right. And Jack <laughs> is sweating. Oh, man. They're in direct sunlight, and it must be pretty warm. It's probably in the middle of the summer mm -hmm. when this is going on. Andy's wearing a hoodie. Yeah. What you doing, Jack? What you doing? I'm well, to your green shirt. Oh, yeah. You, you bought it in an auction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it uh maybe the mosquitoes were biting real bad that day and he so he had to have long sleeves mm -hmm. maybe maybe okay so gary and jack begin searching for targets on lot 32 yep and the first target uh jack pulls out what gary describes as potentially part of a fire grate yeah and it's kind of a big hole he dug too yeah and it just and he's like, want to recheck the hole again? Want to recheck the hole again? Yeah. And things just keep coming out. That's pretty unusual. Mm-hmm. So, pretty like, cool. Like, we know you should always recheck the hole. Gary's always saying that, right? But when you just keep checking, and it's like a Mary Poppins bag of it holes. It was. It was like, whoop, here's your lamp. Here's... <laughs> you know some manuscripts here's a <laughs> here's your, fire grade and here's your coat stand yeah exactly yeah that's funny so jack reaches in he pulls out more and more metal objects all out of that same hole mm -hmm. in a side interview gary says that this is what uh he'd expect to find near an old wharf makes so. sense to me mm -hmm. and this is where we get <laughs> uh you know as we're going to commercial gary metal detecting again and gets a hit where he <laughs> exclaims Woo! Whoa, a screamer. <laughs> uh, he was so excited. You it was tell. amazing. It was infectious because I bet you everybody watching that and listening to that had the same feeling you had. Just glee. Like, <laughs> I bet, yeah, whoever was filming that, like, can you imagine the cameras like shaking because they're laughing? Yeah, they're like, oh, well, that's why, that's they, why had... they couldn't use the clip. Yeah, that's it's why they... because they had to use the audio only. Yeah, it's a drone shot <laughs> at that point. That's funny. Yeah, they did it both times, a drone shot in and out from commercial, and they used that same clip. That's so good. That was so good. Yeah, it was a screamer, all right. Uh, the, hole, the hole at this point seems to be very deep. It just keeps going. And Gary calls it a Pandora's box <laughs> of iron. Yeah. Just you never know what you're gonna get. Just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, um, and they did. They pull out another huge metal spike. Uh, Gary thinks that this one could be a, a wharf pin. Yep. And Jack asks if this area could have been a loading and unloading zone. And J Jerry, and Gary says it could be like a staging point. This might be the start of something really, really big, like just the tip the iceberg like iceberg lettuce because <laughs> there could be so much deeper down as well because the hole like you said it just it gets deeper and it, jack's like halfway in the hole like his whole body and digging through the island so yeah, i'm thinking to myself jack oh you're halfway there keep digging tell it's over your head something like that like when he was look like digging his own grave on samuel ball's lot yeah that was that was intense yeah what did we see that in somebody had to dig their own grave was that on lost i think that was on lost that was also an island show that was on <laughs> 24 was it on 24 oh yeah it was on 24 as well yeah yeah mm -hmm. so that was apparently the shows we watch <laughs> 
Awkward. Yeah. All right, so we're going to the Oak Island Interpretive Center, mm-hmm. aka the lab, the mad yeah. scientist lab. <laughs> so when we were watching this, Deidre pauses it and she's like, "Look at all those books on the shelf." I went, I, I paused, I go, "Is, is that Darcy O'Connor's book?" And I was like, "You know, I think it is like a big because it's a very distinctive looking book with its lime green on it, and then there's like another pile of books that are all exactly the same." And I was like. Oh, yeah, I guess they have to put the stuff they would have sold in, like, the interpretive ser- the center. interpretive center area gift shop merch merch somewhere. Yeah, well, like, uh, you know, that's where they would have, like, the Oak Island shirts. And, and uh, the books. Yeah, and well, Deidre's like, can you see our friend Cindy and uh, Michelle's yeah, book? Yeah, I was like, are they up there? Is where, that one of them? Where's... Um, uh, what's the title of the book again? Which one? Annie Goes to Oak Annie, Island? Annie. Well, I'm talking about or Annie. Or Sophia Sellers? Well, I'm talking about Annie mostly. Mm-hmm. Annie Goes to Oak Island, of I course. I like, no, that one's not the right color. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that was pretty fun. All mm-hmm. right, so when they get into the interpretive center, the lab, as Deidre likes to call it, um, Rick, Marty, Laird, and Helen. Uh, I don't, Helen wasn't, like, with the crew, but she was back there. I saw her. Yeah, she was working. So I'm making sure she was included. Um, they welcomed... Uh, into the uh, yeah, they welcome Gary and Jack into the uh, lab, and Gary shows them the artifacts that they found on Lot Thirty Two, and it's like a smorgasbord of uh, of finds, right? Maybe even a charcuterie board, if you will. Sure. So Laird notes the strength of the piece and uh, the decorations on it, and the lines crossing all over it. Mm-hmm. And Marty asks if it's a piece of a stove. You know, he had the same instinct that Gary had. Yeah. And Laird replied, "That's kind of what it feels like, doesn't it?" Mm-hmm. And Gary agrees. And that's what he said. Well, that's kind of what we were thinking. Well, good. Because they have found a few stoves on the island. Mm-hmm. So this makes sense. Logic. Yeah. I love it. And wasn't there a pot belly stove they found one time? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Gary shows them another metal piece and says that he thinks that they're fasteners or pins. Mm-hmm. The last piece is the big giant metal spike yeah. um, that Gary thought might be a wharf pin. Mm-hmm. Marty says, cool. Marty says, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Basically he thinks it's a, a rock chisel based on what he's learned from Carmen leg. So mm-hmm. might need Carmen leg to come in and, and uh, see who's the winner uh, between Gary and Marty. Mm-hmm. It was still like, they were pretty encrusted because they were down so far. Oh yeah. Um, so it should be interesting once they scan them, clean them, get all the data that they can yeah i bet carmen will know what it is instantly he's probably maybe he owns a few of them. <laughs> he looks at it and says yep, yep. <laughs> he says marty you're right or yep gary you're right or you're both wrong or you're both wrong because he's definitely done that that, a few that times. even might be more likely right yeah so they're all intrigued by these items and especially the ones that came from so deep in the hole mm-hmm. gary um says that they need a better machine to get deeper and marty asks laird mm-hmm. For special requests. Yeah. yeah. What do you call it? Like mechanical tools. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows Laird doesn't look highly upon mechanical trowels, if you will. Yeah, but he gives in. And uh, he Very asks, easily. Yeah. He, Marty asks him if he could take a backhoe to the area. And Laird says, absolutely. Which... Well, okay then. Yeah. It Let's put, go, Laird. It literally put a big smile on Rick's face. Mm-hmm. So... Very, very cool. And then we go into the digging. 
dick, 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 because it's what Marty likes to do. Marty is literally in his happy place. Yeah. He's like, yay, machinery. <laughs> he's like, yay, I finally get to do this. Billy's not here. Woo. Yeah, I get a feeling he's not a guy that sits still very well. Yeah. And so Marty joins Gary, Laird, and Jack over on Lot 32 with his uh, backhoe. Uh, there's a hole, and it has one of those little flags you're so desperate to obtain. Yeah. I was told no by a particular individual, so I've got a handful of others I will now ask. Wow. <laughs> okay, Dad said no, so go to Mom. Yeah, wow. and if Mom says no, I'm going to go to Grandma, and I'm going <laughs> to go to Grandpa, wow. and I'm going to go to the aunts, uncles, and cousins until somebody tell me yes. And then they're your new best friend. And then they're my new best friend, so, and I'm like, can you please put that in the mail as soon as possible so that Dad doesn't find out? <laughs> Okay. Anywho. Um, I have not given up, friends. I, you have asked. I shall try to receive. Marty begins digging at this point. <laughs> he starts scooping out all that dirt. Uh, Gary jumps into the hole that he had made, and he, he starts, you know, scanning his metal detector. Yeah, he's happy to do it. He does find a good signal, a two-way repeatable. Yes. All right. And so Gary um, starts, uh, you know, poking around, digging it out. He finds some lead sheathing. Mm-hmm. Four hundred year old duct tape, says Marty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Gary says that this is kind of stuff they would use on the hull of old sailing ships uh to stop leaks, basically. Yeah. And we've seen that stuff come out of the swamp mm -hmm. and a variety of other places. So yes. it makes sense that there would since there was clearly a lot of activity on the island. Clearly. Yes. Yeah, so um Gary gets back into the hole and uh, gotta reject the hole. He finds something and uh, he hands it to Laird and Laird. That's, um, it's like a weird kind of, it's a weird shaped thing. Mm -hmm. And Laird says it could be some sort of handle. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Gary <laughs> supplied uh, maybe from a ship stove. Last time you pulled something out that thought could be a handle was on what? lot four with Marty. What was it? It looked like a big piece of poop. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pipe. Turd. Turd. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> You're so gross. All right, so there was another strange-looking item that came out, and it appeared to be some kind of tool. Mm -hmm. Gary gave it to Laird for an opinion, and Laird said it's definitely hand-forged, whatever it is. That and, was his opinion. And it was weird-looking. like it, like It was like bendy, mm -hmm. and they were like manipulating. I'm like, whoa, whoa, dude, what if it just snapped? Well. But Laird would know. <laughs> yeah, Laird, if he was concerned, he'd be like, stop that. Yep. And he'd have his... Precisely. Yep. So Marty, uh, in a side interview, says, it's encouraging to find all this metal on Lot 32 because it could be related to what happened on Lot 30. Every time Gary waves his magic wand, more metal comes out. And, <laughs> and the hope is that these are puzzle pieces that could help them figure out what happened on the island. I wonder if Gary knows about the swish and flick metal or wand, wand move. I don't know if that's a technique that he's got is the swish and flick. Yeah. He's a, he's and maybe that's more of a trowel move. Like you go around the object and flick it out. Yeah, You'd have to ask later. Possibly. Yep. So, um, Anyway, they show all this stuff. Gary says, ooh, this is exciting. Yeah, because it's like Christmas for him. Mm -hmm. It just keeps coming out. Marty tells Gary that this little area has enough metal in it to keep him busy for the rest of his life. 
oh, he's stuck in this hole for the rest of his life. Yeah, I don't know if Gary's so excited about that. He really wants to get back to the um, treasure coast of Florida at uh, some point. A little warmer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Gary asks if they could take another shovel full out of this area, and Rick said, I vote yes, and he raises his hand. Yeah. Again. <laughs> but, of course, we know there's backfill there from that they put on to keep the shore from eroding so much, and that Laird tells them, yeah, you can take off any backfill. I don't care. So Gary's trying to show them where the horizon line is, if you will. Yeah, and so... Um, yeah, they, they've found more potential pieces of a fireplace you know, that just keeps coming up. It's the Ikea fireplace. Mm -hmm. Marty yells, good. Find some, or yells, find something good, Gary. And Gary pulls up a, um, a metal something mm -hmm. um, with a shell design on it. Yep, could be part of the stove. But yeah, definitely had an intricate design. Yeah, I think uh, Gary actually called it like a scallop. Mm -hmm. so Which it thing. is scalloping. Yeah. Um, Gary says, now you're <laughs> cooking <laughs> after, um, oh. he says he thinks it's part of a stove and Rick thinks they might be able to piece the whole stove together. Now you're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one-liner. Mm -hmm. If you're there on the spot and he says that, it's yeah. got to feel like, oh, you oh, got yeah. me, Gary. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Gary finds another target. And uh, it's making a, a sound. It's a sweet sound. They really like it. The sweet and, sound. And he digs it up. And it's possibly an old strap. It could be. It's a metal strap. And Jack Jack has the question that's on everybody's minds. Well, at least it's on Jack's mind. Because he's always going straight to, to an old chest. Duh, that's the first place you go. And Laird, you know, he always kind of <laughs> gives them the little edge like... It could be because he never is definitive about anything at first. So he lets them, he gives them a little rip. Yeah. I mean, it could he, be. He, he lets, it's not out of the question. He lets him have his moment. Yeah. It's let, wonderful. He, he doesn't I love crush it. his excitement. He's not like uh, the parent that like, you know, is just crushing is, excitement. He's like letting him be excited. Yeah. Which is funny because he's also known for crushing people's dreams, but not always on the spot. It appears he has to do his research and properly crush them at this time. He lets them build themselves up so he can bring them down Ouch. after. Mm -hmm. Well played. Blair. Well played. Yep. So Marty says it was probably a warfare and Rick says that would explain everything they're finding. Mm -hmm. Laird thinks that, uh, this has been a pretty successful dig and he wants to take some of the artifacts back to Emma. Mm -hmm. um, to, and have her scan them, yeah, right? Yeah, get a CT scanned up at the um, that one place. The lab, the, the interpretive lab. center. Interpretive center, you're interpreting artifacts. Sure. Why not? You know, it's really funny. Okay, so you ever notice this when you're watching um, and they do like, they go to the interpretive center and they have like that, banner across the bottom of the screen that says Oak Island Interpretive Center. Oh, yeah. And then they'll go to, like, the Research Center and it'll say Oak Island Research Center. Well, the Interpretive Center is spelled with the Canadian spelling for Ooh. center, C-E-N-T-R-E. And then when they do the Oak Island Research Center, it's spelled E-R, like, Amer like Americans huh. would spell center. You ever notice that? No, but, you know, you have Americans that own the land there. And then you have a lot of Canadian workers, so they're finding a middle ground in their spellings. They both get to be happy. 
<laughs> and they're making everybody happy and welcome. Right? Everybody's happy about something and everybody's sad about something. So it's equal. You can't you can't have all the things. I thought you noticed small details like that. What's wrong with you? I do notice small details, <laughs> but I'm also not the best speller and I rely on spell check more than I care to admit. Okay. So Sounds good. All right. So in a side interview, uh, Laird says that they have an agreement with the province that states if they find a lot of artifacts in one area, that his team will have to go in and set up a test unit to determine whether or not those finds are significant. So while Gary could be busy in there for the rest of his life, actually what they're saying is Laird could be busy in there (laughs) for the rest of his life. Maybe they need to hire someone to come in and just dig in that hole all day. Well, we know an archaeologist named... Oh, I'll do it. Oh, Deidre wants to do it. I'm sure I'm cheaper than an official archaeologist. I'm a quick, I'm a quick learner. And you're Laird's friend. BFFs. We go way back. You guys, like, you hang out. We're homies. You have coffee. We had coffee and tea together. (laughs) Good for you. That's great. Just a bit of a cuppa. Yeah. So Laird asks Marty to clean this area up a little bit, you know, the the dirt. Mm -hmm. And uh, he'll be able to come back in and set up his test unit. And we'll see what happens. It's ironic saying, can you just clean up this dirt? This dirt's (laughs) dirty. See what I did there? I'd fit right in. You should go clean it up. I should. That's what I was just proposing. That's what I'm telling you guys. <laughs> All right. Okay. To the war room? To the war room. For some C14 data. So we know Craig's going to be there. Oh, absolutely. That's he... his official title, I've decided. What's C14 that? data results deliverer. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah, so he's there via video conference with Marty. Mm-hmm. Present in the room are Rick, Steve, Scott, Paul, Jack, Doug. Peter and Dr. Ian Spooner. So, um, why do we always use Spooner's last name? I don't know. It's, he's, a, I don't, he's a doctor. I know, but like, so is Aaron Taylor. Okay. I, I say Dr. Aaron Taylor all the time, too. You do? I just call him, but well, you're friends with these people. I'm okay, not, but like, when the guys <laughs> reference him, I know it feels weird to me, but if they call, they call him. Spoon dog. They call him Spoon Dog. No, they call him Ian. <laughs> and I'm like, who's Ian? Because I just call him Spooner. Uh, I, okay, so these people that, you know, go to school for like a dozen years to get their, you know, doctorates, they deserve to be called doctor. It's a respect thing. Did you know, like, there's not a, like official authority for a lot of these letters people put at the end and beginning of their names like i could just put a bunch of letters at the end of my name and say it means something go for it and Can i do it too sure elemental p like deidre white elemental p and they'll, they'll be, be like, like whoa she, she's important she is important dr deidre suddenly yeah or am i something else a Maybe the world will never know. Just a little side. Kind of like the... Like my name is a legal thing in an entity, if you will, but not Elemental P. We should have named uh, David just Doctor. Wouldn't that be fun? No, we're not going to turn back time. (laughs) Okay, you guys might have heard this before, but I wanted to give our son David the middle name The. 
And Deidre said, absolutely not. And that made me sad because he would be David the White. And that's so cool. And his birthday is in two days. It is in two days. He's going to be nine years old. He's our sweet boy. Nine years old. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Dr. Ian Spooner. Yeah. I, I If you want to call him Ian, go for it. That's, that's It doesn't feel right. He, he might not take too kindly to that. He worked hard to be a doctor. I should have asked him that. So, what do you call Dr. Aaron Taylor? Aaron. And he's fine with that? Yeah. Are you sure? I've asked. Is he hurting deep down that you're no. like... I'm very straightforward with Aaron. Okay. So if he wanted me to call him something different, he would tell me. Yeah, and he'll be like, no, you could call me doctor to me. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, okay, Dr. Taylor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Elemental P. Yeah. So, and we already talked about Marty and Craig being there via a video conference. Uh, Rick asked Craig if he had the C14 data from the samples from L16 and D17, as if that's not the entire reason that they are there. <laughs> yep. And he does. Well, looky here. Looky here. So uh, Craig uh, presents the data. And what does it say? So for L16, which was taken about 107 feet deep, uh, it says 52% was 1724 to 1812. 1128 to 1645, 17.8% 1916 through post 80, 1950, 3.8% 1838 to 1878. So what it's telling me is most likely it's before 1838. Yeah. So prior to like, I don't know. Like so, 1795 is the date, the discovery of the money pit. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of dates in here that are prior to that, and that makes up about seventy some percent mm -hmm. of this total. So it's more than likely than not that it's um, prior to the discovery of the money pit. This wood this, was inserted in, you know, that was cut down from this tree or whatever. This feels like like a shotgun shell splatter approach here like because you have 52 percent. yes that's over 50 percent in this one time period but then it feels really all over the place right because we've gotten back very definitive results like even at 70 percent or whatever within this time frame but this i'm just curious does is it because the sample that was sent off wasn't a great sample or is the what they have to compare it to they don't have a lot of data within those time frames i don't know because i'm always curious about yeah. why we would have such variation i know it's so weird like i do not understand uh, c14 testing apparently well like, i get it but i don't get it yeah because this isn't dendro where we're comparing the slabs to other slabs and being able to count and like let's say they didn't have definitively had good samples from that time range i i really should do some more research on how they get there with these c14 datings because i'm very confused as to why this 
So maybe some of you doctors out there could help inform me. Maybe. I'm a quick study though, Dr. Google. You need one of those chat AIs where you just type in like, you know, you ask it that question and it can give you the correct answer back at you. Isn't that what Google is, basically? Yeah. Hey, I just got a text message from Pizza Hut and it said hungry. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. Sorry, you should probably unsubscribe from yeah. that. Yeah, like I, I, so like I had like some health issues this last week, and um, Deidre has been, you know, it's been just over a week ago. Yeah, she's like, you know, my rock, supporting me, making sure I get through all this. Not very stable rock. Yeah, right now. yeah. So she's a balanced rock, and yes. then uh, it, it wobbly though on that one leg. Anyway, like. But like I have to change my diet and stuff, and I get this text from Pizza Hut, and it's like, "You hungry?" I'm like, "Yeah, yes. I want some pizza. I want some pizza. <laughs> I want the cards." With a tear in my eye. And I'm saying, "Sorry, but no." Yeah. All right. So back to the war room. Marty says that there's at least a 50 percent that it can't be searcher because nobody was digging around 100 feet at that time period. Mm -hmm. So Craig actually chimes in. He's like, "Yeah, I think it's actually more than 50 percent." So. Okay. Yeah, I agree, Craig. And then we have D seventeen data, mm -hmm. and that's it's mostly it's it's a lot of the same. It's like not the exact same dates, but very close. Yeah, and even with very similar spread, if you will, as far as the dates go, because like your highest percentage is forty nine point nine percent at seventeen twenty two to eighteen fourteen, nineteen point two percent at. 1656 to 1698, 19% at 1910 to post-80, 1950, and then 7.3% at 1836 to 1880. So it's, yeah. It's, it's much the same, even though it's in a different location, because this one was, what, 100? Which one was 100 feet? I don't remember. 100 feet is the L16. Yeah, so it was 107 feet deep. And this other find was kind Shallower. of, it's like the same kind of wood, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's at the 70 foot. You know, so that wood um, basically, you know, could be showing the offset chamber, like Marty's thinking, mm -hmm. going away from the money pit upward because mm -hmm. it's, it's higher and then it goes lower toward the closer you get to yeah. the but we also have to remember, Wait, regardless no, deeper. of what you're digging, mm -hmm. if you're trying to get down somewhere or up somewhere, you're it's going to come in at an angle at some point, right? It doesn't necessarily just mean an offset chamber. But based off of these results, could these two boreholes have hit the same potential structure because their uh, C14 dating was so similar. I think, yes, it is very possible that this says that they're related because the results that came back were so similar. Yeah, clearly it's not going to be the exact same piece of wood when they're far apart and they're going to use multiple trees. kinds of wood and trees. Yeah. But it, they likely came around the same time and for some reason that type of wood is coming back with these mixed results mm -hmm. 
and we've heard that they do tend to send these out, especially when they come back with these type of not fully definitive results to a few different labs to get confirmation. Because if the next lab sends us something back that looks very similar to this, then you know it's not just a snafu. Give me the data. Show me the data. To the money pen. No? Okay. I'm just trying to process all that you, you said. I kind of tuned out a little bit there in the middle. You, I, what I said <laughs> was important. Good thing it was recorded here forever. Thankfully. Yeah. All right. Craig says that they are almost identical, and the majority of the percentages are pre-searcher time periods. So mm -hmm. that's what's important here. Yep. Doug chimes in and says that the depth of 70 feet doesn't correlate with the efforts of searchers. Uh, getting to a treasure chamber. So, I mean. Wait, but why not? You have to start it at the surface. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, as an ending point, I think is what he meant. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just all intriguing. It could correlate. It just wasn't maybe documented within what we have. Mm -hmm. That is all. Yep. Marty asks, is there any historical record of searchers looking at 70 feet? And the reply was no. no. So uh, Marty says that 70 foot, 70 feet almost feels like an offset chamber. Almost. <laughs> he's, he's really into that. I hope he's right. Marty gets his one theory he's allowed to write home about. And when you are the owner, you can have the one you want. Absolutely. All right. So the episode ends here with Rick saying that they uh, continue to be mesmerized by the Oak Island mystery. It's complex, it's difficult, and they have to follow the data. And the data continues to be quite provocative. Um, so let's start getting some more real answers. Bum, bum, bum. And I'm thinking, Rick, that's what you guys are trying to do every time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good, because that'll get us to the end of the tunnel at one day. If it's, you know, an offset chamber, maybe we're rolling down into it. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So that was a recap for season 10, episode four, Wharf and Pieces. Yes. Um, the Curse of Oak Island. Now we get to talk about next time on The Curse of Oak Island. I don't yell. You yell. You yell. This explains why I usually have to have your microphone down further. Sorry. But it's like, but my tone of voice, like, screeches it out. But I have a very annoying. But voice. I'm very excited to do a podcast, and you're not. So. I am excited. Oh, are you? I can't tell by the tone of your voice. Yeah, you can't tell you by can mine. Tell by the <laughs> the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan. Whatever. Remember, remember that movie? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Rush hour? No. Right. I think I may have saw it. All right. Well, next time on The Curse of Oak Island. So this will be episode five. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, not I sure. Didn't, I didn't look it up. It's something about the Duke. Oh, Don V or the King? Alex. King Alex? No, the King Louis. We, I... have, we have Corian Maul is yeah. in this episode. It's, Which is exciting. It's the Corian Maul episode. Because I ran Island. into him when I was in Nova Scotia. He didn't tell me all his secrets. I tried, though. But you ate dinner with him. I did. And that was fun. They, him and Chris were very lovely company at the mug. Yeah. Good. Wonderful. That is all. All right. So uh, Jack and Gary can be seen digging close to the water at the beginning of this clip. Mm -hmm. Jack digs and uh, up an artifact, and Gary says, that he, what the heck is it? 
and he's very excited. Of course, as always. And Carmen Leg is seen in the Oak Island Research Center with Rick, Craig, and Jack. Uh, he's examining an artifact and says it was very common in the mid-1700s. That's a good time period. That was a lovely time period. Hey, 50 years before the discovery of the Mummy Pit, that that's all. That's all you need to dig a big complex cave system, mm -hmm. so or tunnel, oh, tunnel, tunnel system. Yeah, that's it. All right, so we see a war room setting with Marty, Rick, Paul, Doug, Billy, and Scott, and we hear Corey and Ball's face. Face. We hear his face. <laughs> we hear his voice saying, "In 1746, King Louis the Fifteenth sent two ships to Oak Island, where they later created the Money Pit." Dun dun dun. What? Oh, man, I can't wait to hear more about that. That's awesome. I, I love that uh, French stuff. That's good stuff. It is good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Rick can be seen at the Garden Shaft construction site, and he says if they can find original works at the base of the shaft, it may solve the mystery. That could be the one thing. It could be. But so there's another instance of an underwater camera mission with Rick, Scott, Paul, Steve, observing progress on monitors mm -hmm. and we can hear steve say whoa whoa whoa, whoa what's that <laughs> and then steve follows that up by saying um uh th that's a view down a tunnel rick asks is it possible that this tunnel could lead to finding the treasure and rick answers the answer is unequivocally yes, yes. <laughs> Paul and Scott beam at Rick. They they look on adoringly. Of course they do. Who wouldn't look adoringly onto Rick? I bet all the people in our chat do. I, I you know I do. Okay. All right. Now you're just getting weird. All right. So that was it. That's the episode. We do have one more thing before we go. Yeah. So we tend to give out. Well. Okay, so first off, there is no trivia today. Today, mm -hmm. okay, uh, but there is next week. Yep, because we will be going over episodes four and five for the mm -hmm. next trivia session. Yep, correct. And usually, you have me pick a number. Yep, I'm going to have you pick a number between one and ten because there are ten trivia questions from this episode, and um, the one you pick, I will get out of my list and I'll read it, and so. Anybody that's listening to this podcast can get a leg up on the competition. They know to go back and look for this specific thing. Dun, dun, dun. So um, I need you to pick a number between 1 and 10, okay. and I will read the Oak Island trivia question. Okay. Last week, I went with 2, mm -hmm. and which was towards the beginning of the episode. So let's go to the end. Number 10. Ooh. Okay. Like my logic there? Yep, let me get to number 10. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, your logic, whatever. But um, sure. Okay, so number 10. Okay, so Oak Island Trivia. This can get you on the quest to find, to get, to win that golden gnome, people. There's a lot at stake here. Oh, it looks good. Yeah, Deidre actually painted the golden gnomes this week. All right. Um, well, the golden gnome, the silver gnome, and the bronze gnome. All right, so question number 10. We'll, and this will come up next week. Uh, during the final war room meeting of the episode, who is seated on the immediate left of Jack Bagley? Is it one, Scott Barlow, two, Steve Guptill, three, Paul Troutman, or four, Peter Finetti? So, okay, so go in and check out for this episode during the final war room who's sitting 
to the immediate left. To the of immediate to Jack's immediate left. Yep. And that'll give you a leg up to start with one point on the total board. And people that weren't here or didn't listen to the podcast, they missed out. Yep. So this is for you. Um, we'll be back with uh, Oak Island Trivia. That'll be next week, mm-hmm. Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back tomorrow. Yes. For Oak Island pregame. Yeah. And that is at 5 p.m. Pacific. And 8 p.m. Eastern. And 8 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. We do. It's about 45 minutes long. And it's just us getting excited about the episode that'll air that night in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and on Sunday in Canada. Yep. Really just informal hangout session. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's our chance to chat with you I'll, guys. I'll, I'll probably write a few more uh, poems about Oak Island and we can listen to them together. Or I'll read them out. It'll be great. She loves it. Don't let her fool you. All right. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at oakislandpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Oak Island Podcast. We're on um, Twitter. Yep, at Oak Island Pod. Mm-hmm. And wait, you already said they could email oh, Twitter, yeah. so, YouTube at Oak Island Podcast. Slash YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or slash YouTube <laughs> slash Oak Island Podcast. They That's let the you have handles on YouTube now. Yeah. And so um, Susan's putting all of our links up in the chat. Thank you so much, Susan. She mm-hmm. does say we love mystery mail, and we do. Um, we have a few for we, tomorrow. We have a few for tomorrow, so this is great. So if you want to send us a mystery mail, it's 15640 Northeast 4th Plain Boulevard, Suite 106, box number one, uh, 411, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Booyah. Booyah. Yeah, so um, yeah, come and join us tomorrow, and then we'll be back for another recap episode one week from today, Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern for episode five. Correct. And we will see y'all tomorrow. All right. Until next time. Could it be?